I'm Dr. Kimberly Manning. And this is Dr. Ashley McMullen. And you're listening to the Human Doctor Podcast, where we explore the human side of medicine, along with teaching, living, learning, and all things in between. Using the power of storytelling, conversation, and connectedness. Hey, we're two dope academic internal medicine doctors, but we ain't your doctors. So if you perceive anything we say here as medical advice, no, it ain't that. Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant black woman magic minds and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's, Let's go. go. All right, we just got to get right into the situation that I see in front of me right now because these folk can't see what I see. Yeah. You going to tell them? Oh yeah. I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them that it looks like you're doing something with Mahalia today. Mm -hmm. Mahalia being your lovely hair. She is somewhere between a partial twist out (laughs) (laughs) and a crown of glory. on top of your head so the reason my my hair is is half done is because I started it last night and I got too tired to finish it so here we are but thankfully um my amazing colleague and mentor Dr. Manning is is (laughs) with us meeting with my hair half done that's right I was gonna say just tell them the truth (laughs) I mean no I mean twist on the bottom raggedy on the top First of all, raggedy is not the word that I would use to describe <laughs> your beautiful Afrocentric hair, which may I ask mm-hmm. on the hair chart, <laughs> wait, on the hair chart, where is Mahalia? Okay. Yeah. Mahalia is a definitive 4C, but what I like about her is that there are certain parts that are um, different textures. So I'd say like mm-hmm. right at the nape of my neck, it's more of like a 4A word yeah and then like on the crown of my head it's a little like kinkier coiler coilier coilier is that a word coilier it is today okay yeah (laughs) can we make this a teachable moment this is this is a really good teachable moment in a way though what got me even thinking about this is um my son told me yesterday that he thinks maybe he would like to lock his hair and he said you know I think my hair will really work in locks because you know I have 4c hair and I was like, skirt, let me ask Ash more questions about this. Because one, why does my 14-year-old child know exactly where he is on the hair chart? And I like low-key don't know if I know exactly where I am on the hair chart, but can you give a little bit of a, you know, teach us a little bit about the the, the hair situation? Yes. First of all, your, your 14-year-old son just became my hero because <laughs> he's way ahead of the game. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> You know, I will offer to say that my my um, hair journey and my hair knowledge is is still relatively recent. So I went through like a six months transition where I just did a deep dive into the science of black hair. Okay, okay. But the hair chart is um, kind of an established system for trying to understand like how your curl pattern is. Okay. Four C is kind of like at the the end of the chart where your hair is like extremely coiled, like really tight, basically like black hair, like blackity black. You you can rock a a full fro, no problem. Exactly, exactly. And so um, as you like kind of move backwards, so it goes like, you know, 4A through C, 3A through 3C, like as you move backwards, that's where curls are a little bit looser, a little bit less defined. Okay. Got it. Got it. All right. I think I might be like a 4A. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. think I might be a 4A. Yeah. Now I can see that. Uh, you know what? You know what you said about how part of your hair is one texture mm-hmm. um, and one part is another. Now, you know, Jules is about probably about 40% gray now. Mm-hmm. And um, and if you are new to this podcast, um, Mahalia is Ashley's hair and Jules is my hair. And we refer to them as people. <laughs> um, but Jules is part gray and my gray hair is a show enough 4C, but the rest of it isn't. So I think I'm like crossing into something different. Anyway, maybe I might get on Zoom with my son and like let you look at his hair situation and make some recommendations. Cause I'm saying, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, my 4A life over here has underestimated his 4C life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to do it. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Well, I'll let you know how his lock journey goes. My thing that I learned is actually something that uh, I don't even know if it's evidence-based. So I have to, (laughs) oh no, but I was in clinic and one of my interns taught me that if you take some Vicks vapor rub Mm -hmm. and rub it on your onychomycotic toenail, um, it softens up the toenail and makes it easier to clip. So uh, for people that don't know what onychomycotic toenail is, you, you have all seen Um, somebody with that toenail that's like super heaped up that looks like a big stack of dry cornbread Uh, (laughs) and you wonder how are they getting that into a shoe but that's something that really makes it hard on a lot of our patients who have um, you know this problem from a fungus in their toenails and it can be very painful Mm -hmm. and um, sure enough when she told me this I'm like yeah right I go in the room his caregiver is in there and she's like, yo, you know, it worked. And I, his little toenails clipped and they, and they're chilling. Right. So I thought that was really cool. Oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. I've, I've had this come up quite a bit in primary care actually. Mm-hmm. And it would be nice to avoid committing people to medication. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna go and tell everybody that I know and be like, rub it on your chest <laughs> and then put it on your toenail. <laughs> and clip them. Uh, Vicks paper rub, the the cure for everything. (laughs) For the win. Yes. All right, sis, tell me what's the what today? I hear you got a story for us. I do. Um, And the what today is criticism. Ooh. Yeah. How do you how do you do with criticism? How well do you take criticism? Well, from uh, the face that I just made, as soon as the words <laughs> left your mouth, um, the answer is not well. <laughs> <laughs> it it can be hard to take feedback sometimes. Yeah, yeah, especially if it's critical. Yeah, and especially um, depending upon how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so this story actually is a full on throwback back to 1987. Yes, ma'am. So I was in high school and uh, I was a cheerleader and there was another girl who was on our cheer team and she was one grade ahead of me. And um, even though I was um, woefully underdeveloped and skinny, I was a pretty confident and fairly well-liked teenager. And the weird thing is, even though a lot of people like me and I had a lot of friends, this girl Every time I interacted with her, she was so, um, I don't even know how to explain it. She wasn't mean to me, but she was just sort of indifferent toward me. Mm -hmm. You could tell that she could like take or leave me and probably given her choice would leave me. Um, 
I mean, she never really talked in my direction and we would be in groups, right? And Mm -hmm. she would be talking to everybody and interacting with everybody, but really she never started any sort of interaction with me. And I would sort of try and she would just kind of answer me in one word answers. Um, I never heard that she said anything negative about me. It was just never really, I just started to wonder like, what did I do to her? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, one time um, we got to practice very early one morning and we were the first ones there. And I decided that I would ask her <laughs> okay. what was up? You know, and and I'm assuming this is the moment where she can tell me that, oh, this is clearly a misunderstanding and Mm -hmm. oh my goodness. So we are out there stretching. She ain't saying nothing to me because as I told you, she ain't got nothing for me. She looks over at me and she says, uh, I mean, I say to her, excuse me, um, do you mind if I ask you a question? Um, I noticed that like whenever I'm around you and we're all together at practice and in other places, like you never really say anything to me. Like, did I do something to you? Is there something I did to offend you or anything like that, that I didn't know of? And she looked at me very matter of factly, still stretching, you know, pulling her heel up and everything and looks over and says, no, you didn't do anything to me. And I was like, oh, okay. It's just that whenever we're at stuff, we're at the games, we're on the bus, we're everywhere. Like you never, you know, say anything to me. She looked at me and she goes, I don't have you haven't done anything to me. And then she kind of chuckled, looked down and says, (laughs) I mean, some people just don't like pizza. Wow. Wait a minute. What? (laughs) All right. So it was just the two of us. And, you know, I'm a fairly smart and insightful person. So I pulled this together to mean that, you know, most people do like pizza. Mm -hmm. But she happened to be somebody who does not like pizza. And I guess metaphorically, I was pizza. And so I was like, oh, she's like, you know, I mean, you ain't doing nothing to me. I mean, some people just like, they just ain't your kind of chick. They just, their jokes are not funny to you. Their energy is not something that you feel drawn to. They just not your kind of chick. Some people just don't like pizza. Don't mean that anybody did anything to you. And I mean, that hurt my feelings so bad. There was nothing I could do about it. After that, people start coming to practice. She was laughing and gregarious and went on living her best life. And, you know, um, for the rest of the time that we were in school together, I was always extremely uncomfortable around her and wanting wanting to figure out what I could do Mm. to get her to like pizza. (laughs) Yeah. Fast forward to when I was a resident, I was a senior resident. I was working on um, a team with another co-resident and we had three interns. And at the end of the month, um, we had had a great month. And at the end of the month, we got our evaluations back. Mm-hmm. And one of the interns gave me an evaluation that was like very mediocre. I got like threes and on a like one to five scale, like threes and a couple of 3.5s, a four here and there, maybe one five. Um, but for the most part, it was a very like lackluster evaluation. The other interns had given me straight fives and all these really glowing comments. And so um, I go to my my co-resident and I'm like, hey, did you get your evaluations from the interns? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, any surprises? He said, no, actually, they were really good. I got all fives from everybody. Mm. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> 
boo. <laughs> You're um, like, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Word. Okay. That's what's <laughs> up. All right. I'll see you later. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I decide like, well, clearly this intern has put this in wrong. Although, you know, my gut was telling me that that wasn't the case. Cause she, it wasn't like she gave me straight threes. She gave me like a 3.5, a three, a four. Yeah. Um, so I go to her and do the same thing I did with that other like girl back in the day. And I say, Hey, uh, I was looking at my evaluation. I saw that you, um, I, I saw you gave me some threes and three and a half. And I just wonder what, like, was there something that I did or was there something I did wrong? Cause I worked very hard, you know, that month I was, I'm very intentional about how I teach. And even as an, as a resident, I had been asked to be chief resident at this point. I was really thinking like, what's wrong with you? I'm awesome. <laughs> I think most people would agree to be fair. Ah, no, but not her. So she looked <laughs> at me and pretty much she gave me the 1999 version of some people just don't like pizza. Uh, she was just like, you know, sometimes you come on a team and there's an attending that, you know, or a person that their style works for everybody else, but for you, it just doesn't like, I just found, you know, uh, Dave to be a lot more helpful in his approach. I've just found that I learned better from him and it was just a little more traditional. And, um, I don't know, I just found it to be something that worked better for me. And it wasn't that you did anything wrong. It was just that your style wasn't one that really was a fit for me. Mm. In other words, some people just don't like pizza. Some people just don't like pizza. And, And what's messed up is there were so many affirmations around me of people who responded to the way that I taught. There were so many affirmations around me as um, a high school student that, you know, that, that the things that I did and the way that I supported other members of our community worked, but I was so hyper-focused on these other people who, who, who just didn't, approve of me, mm-hmm. um, that I became consumed with it. And now that I'm older and I look back on that, I think you have to really look at how do you feel about yourself? Mm. Yeah. Well, first of all, high school me is horrified. I'd have been trying to be your friend all day, but yeah, there's always this pressure to kind of fit in and to be liked. Mm-hmm. And when you don't quite look like anybody else, um, mm-hmm you know, that, that pressure feels tenfold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, how do you get to a point where you feel okay enough to filter out? Like, you know, what is something that's just like your essence, something that you can't change. Right. Right. What is something you can actually do. Right. And, and, and how do you know when that's what this is calling for? I, I want feedback because I want to grow. I want to be in a zone of development and yeah, have yeah. a growth mindset, right? Um, but at the same time, when something is your essence, it, like I, I should, I should afford you the luxury of not liking pizza, especially if we can still work together. Because this young woman, I will give her props now and say this: she never, I never heard that she said anything bad about me. Mm-hmm. She was never rude to me. She was never overtly mean to me. She just wasn't friends with me. And I was like, 
obsessed with trying to be her friend after that. Mm. And the, of course we know what happens, right? When you try that. Yeah. Become somebody else. I've been there. <laughs> when you were a chief resident, let me ask you this. When you were a chief resident, because I feel like that's one of the spaces where I, I don't know what it is about chief residents where people just feel like it's open season mm-hmm. and just laid out all the criticisms. What would you say like was one of the biggest challenges for you? I had hardcore imposter syndrome Ooh. all of chief year. I knew how to be a good resident, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like, you know, everybody was looking at me right. as a leader in the way that it felt as a chief. Yeah. And here I was with eight other like outstanding, high achieving, phenomenal co-chiefs. And I'm still just like, how did I end up in this crew? Word. You know, it felt like folks just, just like me. Mm. I'm funny. Mm. I'm sarcastic, but am I a good doctor? Like, am I a good teacher? Like I felt very, uh, what's the word? Exposed actually. Mm. 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 Yeah. That's so hard. Um, Well, I can tell you what I have been doing since 1987 and 1999 to try to work through this a little bit. Um, I, I, I do try to, to um, be a very good friend to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a much better friend to myself than I was back then. I spend time with myself. I talk to myself about what's going on with me. I am critical of myself, mm-hmm. but I also balance that with, um, you know, praise and affirmations um, and, kind of check in with myself to see like, well, do I like me? Do, you know, am I my kind of chick? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I think the biggest threat to myself is always when I'm not okay with me first. Mm. Um, And my ultimate goal is to, to, to be so confident. um, And I'm not there yet. It's still a work in progress, but to be so truly confident that um, if someone if I'm giving my best and I'm being me and someone just doesn't like it, that's okay. And, and I'm not even mad at them. That's okay. Like, I don't, I, I'm not going to, you know, say some snide remark or anything like that. There's this, there's this line in a rap song, EPMD, there's a line and a brother says, if you don't like me and you yell and boo, it's nothing wrong with me. It's something wrong with you. I'm not there yet. (laughs) If you don't like me and you're yelling boo, wait, why? Why? Why are you yelling boo? What did I do wrong? (laughs) Just tell me what I can do. Please like pizza. Man, (laughs) it brings me back, like you said, with with Chief Ear and as hard as it was in some respects, like I'm, I'm really glad that I went through that Mm -hmm. because it forced me to do the same thing, which Mm -hmm. is like, I'm not going to be sitting here like, anxious and worried all the time. I have to build the confidence to know I appreciate and love who I am. Right. And that's the foundation for everything else. Like you have to accept criticism where it's constructive and open to it. Right. And open yourself up in a way that you're wanting feedback to improve upon yourself and not just to get somebody else's approval. Right. 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 And, and also again, to respect others in your environment enough to allow them to have a preference mm-hmm. <laughs> of what they want. 
especially if it is not coming through in their actions in an ugly way. Yeah. Because my intern also, she worked hard. She was a good intern. But, and the truth is, I know this, you know, and this, I don't mean to say it sounds self-important or anything, but they were outliers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it is really okay for, you know, somebody to just be the person who doesn't like this one thing, as long as they are not, you know, impeding on patient care or standing in the way of your own safety or anything like that, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah. Some people just don't like pizza. Sis. <laughs> well, I love pizza and I love you. And I receive that love and I love you very much. And Mahalia and all of her four C slash in the back for a yes. glory. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, on that note, I'm going to try to finish the, the remaining half of my hair. Oh, do what you do, sis. That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast. Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturnist and the Clinical Problem Solvers, our med Twitter fam. And especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you are enough. Holla! Holla.